This is Work of the Beat. It is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Interesting show coming up ahead as we talk about a lot of things going on in the world of Philadelphia sports. Two main topics are dominating the landscape, of course. One is the baseball team, which just kind of putters along uh, as they bullpen imploded on Tuesday night and they're in the second game as we speak of a three-game set against the Atlanta Braves but obviously topic number one is Sixers and Hawks series tied at one another great effort last night by Joel Embiid Shake Milton bailed them out a little bit when the bench was struggling and the series heads to Georgia even in a game apiece more importantly Mr. Kern is back after a week in New Orleans Michael how are you I'm a grandpop again. That's right. Congratulations. Yeah, we got to see her yesterday. Uh, we ate like, you, you, you hit a wall in New Orleans, Kevin. You know, it's like you get to a certain point. I guess it's kind of like Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just hit a point where you're like, I've eaten everything. And we tried to, you know, pace ourselves. We did a pretty good job. But, uh, yeah, it's somewhere, if you like that kind of food, you know, if you like that. But I will warn everybody that Bourbon Street, I've come to this realization. Bourbon Street smells like urine. It, 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 it's like every septa stop there is? Like just the whole place. It just it's it it just smells like somebody's peed on it forever and ever and ever. And I don't think they can get rid of that. But I guess when you're drinking, maybe you don't care. I yeah, you know, I don't know. Um the food was good. <laughs> <laughs> the beignets were good. The uh, po'boys were good. The gumbo was good. The muffaladas were good. It was good. Yeah, it's one of those places I really haven't had a desire to go to. Like, it, it's strange. If, and you and you I've talked like about that. that. If, if that kind of cuisine is not, I mean, or you don't think it's your thing, then there's really kind of no reason to go. I, I mean, mean, there's all the reasons. I mean, there, there, there. there's the belief of, okay, you got to go see it once in your life. And I understand that. But I'm also not a drinker. I'm not a... I'm not super adventurous with food. Yeah, um, I didn't have a drink ba- basically all. I, I had a 25 cent martini at uh, at the Commander's Palace. Right. Um, but I'm not a drinker. I mean, I have my moments, but I, you know, I, whatever. I was with my wife, doesn't really drink. Bernard Fernandez doesn't drink. His wife, they, they, they might have a glass of wine or something, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, it, it's not, it, it might not be for everybody. You know, I, I just happen to like that food. Right, and I down there enough times for the paper during my stay at the paper. I just thought it was one of those great four or five day cities, especially when the company's paying for it. Sure, um, Katrina did change, you know, change a little. And the pandemic obviously had an effect because, like, we went to like um, what was it Antoine's on Friday, and you know, a lot of places didn't have like full menus kind of yet. They, mm-hmm. they still, and um, uh, like Antoine's had closed for six months. Right. You know, and some of the places were just getting back. Their hours weren't quite all what it was before. But it's getting, I guess it's getting closer and closer. And I think they were closer to normal faster than we were because I think they got hit harder maybe last May and June than we did. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how different parts of the country are going forward. I mean, I'll be in Myrtle Beach in three weeks. And I'm guessing Myrtle Beach, you can't probably can't even tell. Although when I was looking at some of the, the menus and stuff on Google, you can tell that, that, that 
that did have an impact. Yeah. I think the food, the food industry, and I guess the travel industry too, even more so. The food industry must have gotten impacted more than any other industry mm-hmm. in the country. The, the food and drink, you know, well, kind of thing. It's still up. It's still being impacted because people, sure, you know, they're having trouble finding people who go back. But to be bluntly honest, I mean, there's a lot of people who they didn't pay. They you know, they took advantage of when there was a you know a job shortage in a lot of ways not necessarily just this time around but they kept you know wages were not necessarily always representative and now you know people are coming back they have other options and they're not going the food service you know so. i keep hearing how pe- people are you know they're making so much but you know what look i understand there's always got to be somebody that's got to work at mcdonald's there's got to be somebody's got to pick the blueberries mm-hmm. they're, you know they're, they're okay um and the CEO, the former CEO of McDonald's, there was a story the other day where he was saying, you know, if we raise the minimum wage to, to 15 bucks, it's going to destroy um, McDonald's or like it's going to lead. Really? But but you're a multimillionaire. Yeah. So it's it's like, OK, so you're saying, no, you should work for ten dollars an hour because that'll make McDonald's more profitable. Well. There's something I, I don't know. You know, we just tell people you can right. only make ten dollars an hour. Well, okay, I, you know, I, I don't know. We're we're going into a road I probably don't want to go down. So I'm then gonna, don't go down. Yeah, I'm not going to go down uh, because it gets into the areas we got into last year, and I'm tired of that. Anyway, okay, uh, that's all right, fine. let's get let's get into the Sixers. Um, you were back for game one, right? What I saw you, both games. You saw both games. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's strange because. I think they're the better team. I think the Sixers are the better team. No, they are the better team. There, there's no thinking. They're but, the but there's something about this matchup that's not been great. And it's not what we all thought going in was, well, how's Embiid going to handle things? Well, Embiid's been fine on both ends of the floor. He's been fine defensively, and he's been fine, obviously, on the offensive end with you know averaging 39.5 in the two games. Um. But there's just something else that seems off with the Sixers right now, and I don't know what the what the uh, you know we can make it simple and say it's a Ben Simmons thing or uh, you know the lack of a bench thing or uh, but uh, it just is like something's a hair off. Maybe I'm maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know how you're feeling. No, because I think Philadelphians expected you know it was going to be more of what it was the last series, and I think you had to give Atlanta a little bit of credit. They came in here the first game and punched them in the mouth. And then held on at the end after the you know after they played stupid at the end because they were playing the clock instead of just playing. playing and the Sixers yeah. made a great comeback. And um, look, the, the, the whole thing to me in this is, I, I read a story where they said a guy with Embiid's injury, if this were January, should probably rest for a month. That that was what it said. It said you know, but he's playing and he's scoring thirty nine and a half. But yet every game he's like, I mean. How do we expect him to play for another round or two more rounds like this? And, and even with him averaging 39 a game, they, you know, I mean, game two was tight for a while, and then they blew it open when, when the, the bench went nuts. I think Doc didn't have a good game, game the one. first game, yeah. but that happens. I mean, you know, I think sometimes you have to give the other team credit, but now the Sixers are in a position where, okay, and I think there's a lot of Philadelphia fans. Yeah, I'm listening to radio, whatever. Oh, you know, now we got them, and you know they're going to win in five. Oh, yeah, maybe. 
I'm telling you what, game three is a really important game because if the Hawks win, the Sixers almost have to win game four. I mean, they could come back, but, you know, but and I kind of think you don't want to you don't want to let it linger. You don't well, want to like I, I think the series is going to be 2-2. I really do. I think it's going to be 2-2 coming back here and the Sixers are going to have the home court advantage in a three-game series. Now I don't know. I think if the Sixers win game 3, uh does that take enough out of the Hawks? It could. Or, it could, but I, once again we're looking at it from a Philadelphia and I think DeAndre Hunter not playing doesn't yeah, help. He's that. done now for the rest of the series. Right. But that, I'm telling you, that place on tomorrow or Friday night is going to be nuts. Now, I don't know what that's going to translate into. I have no idea. Um, and if you're in a close game, is Ben Simmons going to, you know, make three of eleven free throws? I, I keep hearing people tell me, look, I'm not I'm not an anti-Ben guy. He's a fantastic player. He plays defense, he does this, he, he does some bad things too. He does some things. You sit there and go, why'd you do that? You know, I'm past the shooting part by now. I don't care. But people saying, you know, and, and Anthony Gargano is a big guy. You know, people are worried about the free throws. Yeah, I'm worried about the free throws. If you're shooting eight for 30 in the series or in the playoffs, I don't care who you are. That's a problem. And what they did in game one, I thought the Hawks played it brilliantly. What they did with him, even though it backfired the one time when, the rebound came off and Embiid got it and put it in. But, I mean, you can't shoot three for 11. You can't. You're a guard. You, you know, if Shaq shoots three for 11, we'd be knocking him. So, I don't think the Sixers are going to lose the series. But, again, we're Philadelphians. Nobody thinks they're going back. But if you look past that, and I'm not ready to look past that, with what the Nets are doing, do you really sit there and think, okay, well, you know, what are going to do against the Nets? But and, there's and also, I mean, look, I, every series has its own dynamic, and I think everybody has to understand that. So, you know, look, it's easy right now to look at what Brooklyn's doing and go, well, the Sixers have no prayer. And, you know, Brooklyn, I didn't say that. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not, Mike, I'm not talking about you. I'm yeah. talking about just no, in general. Right. You know, every series has its own dynamic. There's not a mismatch in, against Milwaukee for Brooklyn. Like, there would be defensively against Embiid. They don't have somebody to cover Embiid, okay? So if Embiid is somewhat healthy, that is a problem that Brooklyn's going to have, and that, I think, should make the series tighter. But he scored 40, Kevin, in back-to-back games on a leg that he probably maybe shouldn't be playing on. He's not 100%. He's probably about 80% or whatever the hell he is. He scored 40 in back-to-back games, and they lost one of them, and they were tied at the end of the third quarter in the other after leading most of that game. All I'm saying is the Nets are going to be a, and I'm assuming it's going to be the Nets, are going to be a big step up. And they're not even playing with one of their best players. Uh, and, And, you know, maybe he don't play, or maybe. I'm just saying my biggest fear in all this is that at some point I can't believe that Playing is not going to take a toll on Embiid. I just can't. Now, one I thing I think, can, you one, know, can play with a, a torn, a partially torn, whatever the hell it is. And and by the way, what was Doc doing putting him back in the game with an 18 point lead and five and a half minutes to go? Am I missing the that? Point? Was just his rotation. I I, I guess yeah, he, Kevin, 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 Mike. I don't get it either, but I'm just telling you. I guess Kevin, me. you have a guy who's playing and giving you everything he has 
and he's and he's one step away from being gone. And you're up 18 with five and a half minutes to go on your court, and you're going to not you're going to take it. What if Joel had come down with three and a half minutes oh, to can, go, but we and can, he's gone. But we I I understand. But to be honest, I mean, I I understand what you're saying. That's if of all the things that Doc Rivers has done, that's not at the top of my list of Doc Rivers complaints. That's right a no brainer. I like I'm sitting there going, no, Doc, uh, Joel, you're done for the rest of the night. We're up 18. This team is not coming back against us. Okay, we can play the rest of the game without you. We might only win by 10, might not win by 20, but who cares? And I just don't, I I just don't get it. You you have to protect him. As much it was just like let's say they were playing a game. Let's say that let's say game three. I'll just throw an example. Let's say for the sake of argument, the Hawks are up twenty mm-hmm. at the end of three quarters. I whatever. I don't. Would you play him in the fourth quarter? Well, he did on Sunday. But and they came back. So his argument could be, hey, we came back. I, I got you. I'm just trying to explain to you that if you're saying, hey, we have a chance to play another 13, 14 games, whatever the hell it computes to. Okay, I got to get this guy through those 14 games because we ain't winning without him. So, you know, any chance I get not to play him, I am not playing him. I got, but that maybe that's me. I you know, And, and I'll be honest, I think the NBA schedule makers gave the Sixers a huge break. Um, you know, obviously they're off till Friday now for game three. And then they're off till Monday. So he gets back-to-back in the playoffs – he gets back-to-back two-day gaps, which in the second round forward is rare. And that it could have been, you know, you're talking about it's going to get, you know, it's going to get progressively worse or it could get progressively worse or whatever. Oh, I don't know if it's going to get worse. No, but but the idea that they're going to have a couple days here to, to cool, if there's anything flaring up there, they're going to get a couple days to cool it down. That'll help. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you right now, Kevin, if, God forbid, the Sixers make the finals or, God forbid, win the whole thing and Joel Embiid plays kind of like he's playing with a partially torn meniscus, okay, it's going to go down as one of the greatest sports stories, if not the greatest sports story in Philadelphia history. Just telling you, this guy is playing with a leg that if it was January, he wouldn't be playing. Well, I don't. Let's also be honest. None of us, and I'm not saying you, but I'm even doctors who have talked about this. You know, sometimes stuff appears on MRIs that we don't think's a big deal. Uh, you know, in real life, okay? Yes, he 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 twisted the leg funny, and he landed on his back funny against Washington, and all that. But you know. It could be we don't know the dynamics of the tear, or or you know it, you know they keep describing a small 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 you know whenever you talk to anybody down there and that's fine, and do teams sometimes lie about severity? Yeah, they do. I'm not going to deny that, but I'll also say like what he's doing it stands alone. What his year has been like stands alone, whether he had a knee injury or not. I mean. He has been. He has become a dominant presence in this league on a night in, night out basis. And 
you know, it's very few people in this city that you could say have fit that caliber of but player. But this takes it to it's it's a different level. Kevin, he's playing hurt. Nobody, he's playing hurt and playing at a very, very high level. Whether he's upset that he didn't win the MVP, what I, I don't know what the reasons are. And I'm not saying he's going to keep scoring 39 a game. He, and God bless him, he may only score 29 a game. All I'm saying is, and here's a guy who's been has a pension for missing games. Mm-hmm. How many times during the season have we seen uh, Joel? Yeah, no, he's not going to play. He tonight. missed. Yeah. He missed eleven. He missed game. So he's playing. I'm saying that if this was the regular season, he wouldn't be playing. Now, would he not be playing for a week, two weeks, a month? I have no idea. But I'm just telling you, he would not be playing if this were January. I'm just telling you. But he's playing because it's the playoffs, and they don't want to lose, and they've they've had this great season, and they want to go further. I, 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 I commend him. And the reason why he's such a force is there's no centers in this league anymore. That's why there's nobody. Yeah, that it's, can, there's like there's like four guys in the league that maybe have a chance of guarding him. It was funny last week hearing people talk about Clint Capella, and well, you know, Clint Capella's got a really good shot of matching up against them, and all that. You know, Clint Capella looks lost right now, and I don't know if that's a testament to Embiid or maybe Clint Capella was a little overblown oh, as a as a and matchup. And let's have nobody that can guard him. No. So you know, um, and you would assume that you would assume Milwaukee will put Giannis on him, but I don't think that's a great. I don't matchup. know if they. I don't know if that's the way they play it. I'm. I'm I don't I think you're, we're going to have to worry about that either. The way things well, are. Well, that's probably true. But I mean, Rudy Gobert obviously is a guy who can, who can play him. Um, but they might not have to play Rudy Gobert. Joe the Gooch. guy Aton for Phoenix. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. No. Um, he's actually played well. The other, I mean, he's a big guy. You would have Jokic like on him for Denver. Yeah, he's like a second or third year player. I don't know if Jokic can can guard him. Um, and that's probably the matchup, but I don't know if Jokic. Ever- and I have no idea who who the Clippers would put on him. No, nah, well, again, that, that playing the Clippers is like playing the Nets. You know, the Clippers are going to try to beat you with their two perimeter guys. Like the Nets are going to try to beat you with their perimeter guys, and they're going to let them beat score forty. Most of the teams, I think, win to these games. Just figure, Joel's going to score thirty five or forty, which leads it's like. Well, which leads to the next question. And yet, it becomes a Ben question. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum here on the show, and we've talked about it. You know, Silski and I talked about it last week and and all that. You know, I'm almost at the Ben Simmons fatigue factor where you know what he is, and now you're going to have one or two choices. Gonna have a choice that you believe that you could go and win a title with them, because you're at that stage where Embiid is the the alpha player, no matter what how you want to describe him. Embiid's the alpha player. Tobias is good enough to be another cog. You got to see if Simmons is that third cog or, or the the second cog, I guess, and the whole works and it makes it work. Or do you think you have to find try to move him if you don't feel like that you're going to ever get to the finish line? With him? Well, why don't you let them? Try to get to the finish line. Well, that, but no, I'm saying that. Why are we talking about this in round two? It, it, it's it's because he's so frustrating. Because you see how good he is, and then you see the, the, the go watch holes. the videos of him from two summers ago when he was shooting three pointers. I, I mean, it's the same stuff. First of all, you're never going to get back the value for him. Doesn't matter. You're not. You know, you got to find a trade partner that makes sense. And and if Embiid is going to score 35 a night, 
and this Tobias is going to do what he does, and if Seth Curry's going to score 20, you don't need Ben to score. And if Ben's going to shut down Trey Young... You, you need Ben to go to the line, though. You need Ben no, to... No, you don't, you, because he can't shoot free throws. Well, that, but you need Ben to work on shooting free throws. This Kevin, isn't Shaq. Kevin, 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 Kevin. He's been in the league four years. What do you mean work on shooting free throws? Do you think that after four years of probably having people show him, do this, whatever, it's like saying Shaq should have worked on free throws or Wilt should have worked but, on but free throws. They're, they're different. They're not ball handlers. It doesn't, Kevin. Why? What You think that Ben Simmons is going to get, I don't know what he is shooting this year, 62%, whatever. I don't know what number he's He's been shooting. about 50% since the All-Star. Okay. So he's going to work on it and get up to what, 56? He is what he is. You are not changing Ben Simmons. There will be nights where he'll go out there and he'll have a small defender on him and he'll he'll score like six or seven baskets because he can get to the basket, always going to his left because that's the only way he can go. He goes to his left, He put, whatever. His offensive skill level is stinks. But that's not what he, 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 he turns the ball over too much sometimes, but then he does it when he finds open guys for threes. He makes some great passes where you sit there and go, okay, it's it's not a question. You've already made your lot in life. This is your team. You're not trading Ben for for um, the guy on Washington, or 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 um, you know the guy on Phoenix or the guy on Utah. That those teams aren't making that trade for the same reason that Houston wasn't making the trade for Harden. They're not building a team around Ben, and and any team he goes to is going to be in the same boat. They're going to have a an alpha dog in Ben. That's the way it is. Well, your best your best hope at maybe a trade, you know. And look, it, you're right. I mean, it's too early in the, the game to think of this, but your best hope may be Portland, and it, that would be for either Lillard or McCullough if you believe that the Trailblazers are tearing it down the brass tacks. But again, if you're if you're Portland, do you not see the same things we see? see or, or are other teams just stupid? So you say, well, let me no, see. Ben doesn't no. shoot free throws well. He doesn't shoot from the field at all. But we'll trade for him. And, and by the way, we'll give you Damian Lillard. And give us a first-round draft pick. Well, it would, one, it would be part of a package. It no, wasn't just like be the guys Ben Simmons. Called WIP. It no, but not, it, it wouldn't. The other team has to want him. Oh, I think there's teams that want him. Kevin, all the things you just said to me for the last five minutes, why wouldn't the Portland Trailblazers think the same thing? You don't think they... they, 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 You you just said, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, he doesn't do this. No, but he does do a lot. He does distribute the ball very well. He does see the court very well. He He can play defense... Better than anybody in the league. And in Portland, in Portland, who's the alpha dog? Uh, he would have to become the alpha dog. Yeah, no, but you just answered your own question. You just answered your own. He's not. He's not. No, you but I, but let's also be honest. There's also teams in every sport. This isn't just the NBA. Who look at a guy with Ben Simmons potential and go, you know what? I can get him to do that. But not Kevin. Look, you can believe what you want to believe. I'm not going to tell you what not to believe. Uh, when you, there's the same reason why Houston wanted 55 draft picks instead of Ben Simmons, and even Ben Simmons in something. Well, there was else. also there was also they didn't want to trade with Daryl Morey. That, it, but they wanted draft picks. They didn't want Ben Simmons. If the Sixers had offered Embiid for Harden, 
You think they would have traded with Daryl Morey? You think they would have said, oh, no, nah, I don't think so, Daryl. We're not going to trade with you. We don't like you. No, they didn't want Ben Simmons. They couldn't build their team around Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has to be on a team where there's another guy. Like if he played with Dame Lil- Damian Lillard, let's say, for the sake of argument, maybe that could work. But I'm not sure it could work because you probably need two pieces with Ben, like the Sixers have, Tobias and Embiid. He, for better or for worse, he probably works on the Sixers better than most other teams in the league because they can afford to live with his flaws more than a lot of teams. Uh, like You could probably put Ben on the Nets if the Nets still had two of their players. You know, like if they had, um, um, you know, two to three guys, right? you could probably put him on the Nets, and that would probably work. But there's few teams you could do that. Maybe Utah. You know, but, but again... I don't think you're going to get back what you think you're going to get back. I really don't. No, but what I think you see, what I think a lot of teams would do or would look at as, okay, we know, look, Portland's going to undergo a rebuild here. That's pretty obvious. That's fine. And that usually means draft picks. That's how teams rebuild. They don't, but there's also, there's also a fact that you have to make some, uh, some salaries work. You That's have to true. make salary. You have to make salaries work for. Well, how did Houston and the Nets make it work? They fi- they figured out a way. The Nets gave them something. Somehow they made that salary. Yeah, there, thing there work. were like four four or five pieces. That, That's fine. And and they ended up. Remember, they ended up bringing like Cleveland in and. Yeah. Portland ain't looking to bring Ben Simmons in. I'm just telling you, they they aren't because. No, I, I'm not saying just Portland. I'm saying that. It, no. I think you're. I think you're over. I'm not saying there's not teams out there that wouldn't take him. But I don't think they're willing to give you back the pieces that you think either you should get or you need. And if you do trade Ben, there will be voids on your team. You're giving up a six nine point guard. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of those guys. Who, by the way, is an all defensive player. Okay, you're giving that up. Okay, so you can't. You know, if God forbid you said we're going to trade with the Wiz and we're going to trade for for uh, Bradley Beal. Okay. Well, you get Beal, that leaves a that will bring you certain things that Ben obviously doesn't bring you, but it's going to leave certain things. And I don't think Washington would make that trade because then Washington would be left with mm. Ben and Westbrook. That don't work. No, but no, but I will say it don't one, work. No, no, I will say one thing. Bradley Beal could force the situation on his end too. I mean, he could. But it's not going to be Ben for Bradley Beal. It is not going to – they're not trading a 28-point score for a 14-point score. They ain't doing that. But, but you can – Kevin, you can come up with 50 trade propositions between now and whenever if the Sixers, you know, and, and if they wind up winning this series and losing to the Nets, they're probably coming back with the same cast of characters. I mean, they may make some change because um, oh, Danny might not be here. You know, his contract's up. They might have – they might uh, – you know, Maxie might have a bigger role um, – uh, whatever Howard probably won't be back next year, but they're not. I I don't see them just like because they they finished with the top seed. They are who they are. Um, I just don't see it. I I think I I don't think this trading Ben thing and getting something back that makes your team better is as easy as you think it is. I I don't. I, I you know it's easy to say put Damian Lillard on the Sixers and wow who's going to beat them. And you might be right, 
But again, you have to, you have to, Portland's got to be willing to say, okay, well, we'll put Ben at point guard with his 14 points and he can't shoot free throws and, you know, and, and okay, he's a really good defensive player, but who cares? We're not going to win. Portland's one of those cities, Kevin, that's never going to win. They just, there's certain franchises in the NBA because they can't get enough good players. Portland's one. Nobody wants to go play in Portland. Who the hell wants to play there? If the Clippers need players, they can they can entice players to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. If the Lakers need players, LeBron can raise a hand and say, who wants to play with me? Um, you know, the Sixers might be a franchise kind of like that. I, I don't know for sure. Uh, but there's only so many of those franchises in. And I just see Portland always having, and that's why Lillard wants out. He's not stupid. He sits there and goes, okay, it's me and, and McCollum, and what else? What else do we got? We got nothing. I'm going to score 55 in a playoff game and we're going to lose. You know. But hey, that's, you know, I think Ben is not going anywhere. I I don't know. It'll be interesting. And look, I think I think the next couple of weeks are big about whether you believe this this group this group as compromised can can and put they're together. Not, they're not losing to Atlanta. If they lose to Atlanta then yes. Maury will go sit there and they'll, they'll have to have a big discussion and say and, and but then what's going to come into the equations and Bede's injury, although he's scoring 40 a game. So, you know, I think as big a question going forward is the fact is Ben only going to play 60 games a year, which it looks like that's probably what he's going to play. But, okay, if you can live with that, they obviously finished with the best record. But if you, they lose you mean Embiid or Simmons? Did you say Embiid or Simmons playing 60 and, games a year? Embiid only plays 60 games a year. He sits uh, out yeah. 20 games. Oh, I thought, I thought. So, okay, you got to live with that. That, you you got to live with that because he's an MVP-type player. I wasn't sure like if that. you said Embiid or Ben. That's all. No, I said Embiid. I'm okay. sorry. No, no. But if, if they play the Nets, if that's where it gets to, and they lose to the Nets, whatever, five, they, six, seven. Well, I think they have to be competitive against the Nets. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, but if you get. I don't think the Nets are going to sweep them. Uh, so, compet- define competitive. If it goes six games and they lose. Yeah, that's I, competitive. I'm Philadelphia are going to go, well, we weren't competitive. I'm. I, maybe the Nets are just so much better than everybody else. I don't know this. They've got three Hall of Fame, well, two Hall of Famers and a quasi Hall of Famer, maybe on their team, mm-hmm. and they've got some other good players. It isn't like they're the only players on the team, but I, I, I don't see if the Sixers get to that point. The problem to me is that the Nets have those three guys back for the next two years. Yep. All right. But, you know. So game five, or I'm sorry, game three. It's Friday. Game four is Monday. Game. How many? Four. How many games do you think it's going to take them to get rid of Atlanta? Six. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm telling you, if they lose game three, this town oh, will go eight eight crap nuts. I, I I honestly think they'll win game three. They'll lose game four, and then they'll win five and six. No. Hey, look, two two series. If that's what it is, and you got the home court advantage, you got, yeah. I mean, basically, it's just don't lose game five at that point because then you almost force it. Be correct because but, then you're forcing Atlanta basically to win five and six. You are, but see, everybody thought this series, or a lot of people thought this series was going to be easy. They really did. Yeah, and I, I did too. Atlanta, I'm guilty. Playing good, Atlanta. Atlanta hasn't lost at home in like a month or more than a month. They've won like ten straight games at home, I think, or something like that. I'm not saying they're a great team. I don't mean No, that. they're good, they're, and, and Nate McMillan's a really good coach. Um, yeah, well, apparently Indiana didn't think so. Uh, yeah, they, that worked out well for them. Didn't it, though? Didn't it? That's, but see, and, and there's another franchise. Same thing as Portland. They, they got to the playoffs, got to the playoffs, got to the playoffs, couldn't win the playoffs, so let's get rid of Nate McMillan. 
now we'll bring this guy and we won't even make the playoffs. You, you, you know, you know, and I, I don't, I don't think you were a process guy, but I'll say one thing: Hinky was right on. The worst thing you can be in the NBA is a six, seven, or eight seed constantly. Oh, no, I understood what Hinky's reasoning was. Yeah, it's just that it took too freaking long, and Hinky would have kept trading if he had stayed. Hinky just kept wanting to keep trading. He just wanted to keep trading and get more draft picks and get. And at some point, you have to say, "Well, it's no. enough. Let's try to play now." And here's another team, Kevin. How about if you're the Milwaukee Bucks? And let's say this I think thing Mike Budenholzer goes is four gone. or five games. Let's I think Budenholzer is gone. Right, but forget the coach. What I'm saying, you're a franchise. You're talking about like like Pete. What do you do as a franchise if you're the Bucks with a two time MVP on your team, and now for the third straight year, and this this would probably be the worst. I don't count. I mean, last year it was a bubble. Who the hell knows? But I mean, this this would be bad. They they've looked horrible so far. Yeah. Don't don't disagree on that. Yeah, I, it's just you know. I mean, we think we have problems. Sometimes our problems aren't. You know, I, I think the Sixers are going to win this series and get to the Nets, and I think they're going to play against. I don't think the Nets are going to like, you know, just wipe them off the face of the earth. Right? I think the Sixers would have a shot in that series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Harden would be playing by then. I I, I don't, I, I don't know what the, that situation is, but um, I I, w- I would not sell the Sixers short against the Nets. I'm not. No. Predicting a finals, but they, they have a shot. All right. They have a shot, and that's all that counts. All right, so that's our Sixer talk uh, in segment one. There's two big segments here, so we might as well move on to segment two. First of all, before we move to segment two, uh, have a couple interesting guests we're hoping to get lined up here in the next couple weeks. Uh, this is the tea segment, if you will. Um, been in touch, and Yuki Washington uh, were lined up. I love up. Like Yuki. Y- Yuki, always, always liked Yuki. Yuki, we're lining up. Uh, the folks at Channel 3 are setting it up for us with vacations and everything. We're trying to get that set up. And we're trying to set up with Charlie Manuel uh, to talk to him at one point here in the next couple of weeks as Charlie well. So. Would be Charlie would be Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie would be pretty awesome. Charlie and Larry Boa both having a show or have a show com- together now on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Why? I Because I, I, I watched part of the first one it's it's look i like both larry and i like but i'm just wondering like aren't they going to run out of things to talk about like after you get past the folksy charlie and the and the uh, yeah i don't know like like it doesn't seem like i, th- I they're, think they're just going to talk for a half hour yeah well no they okay. have they bring guests in every week they go okay. to different places it's not it's not bad i think it's a great idea uh, you know, not, i would love to see I, them both in like atlantic city one day i think that would be awesome yeah okay um I'm- but all right. I like both of them. I mean, I I, I like both of them. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just uh, I, I, and maybe I'm I'm wrong. I mean, I have to give it more of a shot. Yeah. Uh, we'll the get Braves, to by the way. Just oh no, they got the bases loaded. Yeah. Sorry. No, no out. Uh, <laughs> as we watch, as we giving progress updates for a game. No, nah, I, I got to stop that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Be beyond the surface Phillies issues. Okay, and we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, Mike, this was the first weekend they were allowed to have full capacity at the stadium. And didn't they? Um, Friday night was 15,000. Right. Sa- Saturday night was 16. Right. Sunday, granted it was against the Sixers, was 15. And then last night against the Sixers was 13. 
Yeah. You think uh, the Heat on Sunday had anything? I'm, I'm just throwing it. Well, I was, I was at Sunday's game. I was at, no. I was at you know, I saw the— grasping at straws here. I, I, I mean, I, I will—I'll defend them in a couple senses. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I wrote about two for Philly Voice this week. Um, you know, you can, you can look at a couple factors— Early June is graduation season, and a lot of people, first time they're ha- able to have parties, maybe, you know, with graduates now, you know, moving on. A lot of people have parties this weekend. Not a great weekend, usually, traditionally, to have home games. Uh, what? You don't they buy haven't it? Been, they haven't been in the ballpark in a year and a half. Okay. Okay. Uh, Friday I, I, night. Oh, hold on. Yeah, Fri- uh, all right. Yeah, Friday night was Wheeler and Scherzer. Looked like a great pitching matchup, and four o'clock. It looked like the world was going to end here because of the storms. Yeah, I heard. Um, then you had oppressive heat over the weekend, but again, that's June. Uh, that's all I. Can, and they had about a week's notice when they went from from what is it, thirty or forty percent capacity to one hundred percent capacity. They'll have more people next weekend when the Yankees, Yankees come in. in. Um, is this a is this a problem for the organization? You think? I think it's a problem for baseball, Kevin. I don't – I'll give you a for instance. I went to the Red Sox game a couple of weeks ago because my friend wanted us to go, and we hadn't seen each other, the four of us, in about a year, mm-hmm. over a year. Okay, the tickets were way, way overpriced. I realized it was the Red Sox. I get that. I should not have to pay $90 for a baseball game, okay? That is absurd. There's 8,100 – this is not the Eagles now. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is a baseball freaking game. I don't care if it's a red and the seats were good, but I wasn't like sitting next to Joe Girardi. Okay, fine. The game took, I believe, almost four hours. It was like three, I don't know, forty maybe something and, like and that. I, and I was there Sunday, and it took four twenty six. Now, granted, twenty of you know it was because well, of the netball, right? My game was just a regular game. Yeah, and, and in fact, I think there was only like uh, twelve hits in the game or four. There was pitching changes. There was, there was uh, thirty strikeouts. Was there? I think between the two teams, baseball has a problem. And people, if people aren't going to go to games, and part of it is that the Phillies aren't winning, which mm-hmm. is part of it. Um, I'm sure if they were ten games above five hundred, more. But let's say that even five or ten thousand more people showed up. That's still nowhere near where it was back when they were getting you know to forty some thousand every night. Um, and again, I don't, I, I don't know if this is just a Phillies problem. I don't know. I mean, well, are they, are they I, I think it's a combination. Are, are, well, are, I, you know, I think, I think it's a combination of, it, it's not just a Phillies problem. I mean, I think that the, the sport has a problem because of pace of game. I think sport has a problem because there's not enough action in it, all that. Okay. And, and across the sport, prices are, are way overblown. All parts of it. I do think it is a Phillies problem, though, in this sense. Okay, and you can tell me that the Sixers are drawing 20,000 and and it's a playoff game that's different. But the one thing the Sixers have and the one thing every team that draws here, with the exception of the Eagles, has is a built-in, nonstop excitement when when they get the place packed. Okay, and when they're going good, the place is packed. And you know, Jimmy Rollins said about being a bunch of front runners, and Jimmy was right. I know people get offended by that, but he's right. People here go for teams they think can win, and if they don't think they can win, 
they're not going to waste their money. And I think people have just in their minds made the decision that this team has a ceiling that's nowhere close to a playoff spot in their mind. Well, yeah, but that which came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, obviously, you're, you're not going to spend, but let's say two months from now, this team is in first place in the NL East, and they've figured out a way or, or whatever in a bad division, will people go? I, I don't have an answer to that. I will tell you that I, that was the first game I've been to in a, in a while, I don't want to go out there and sit for three and a half hours. And it was the Red Sox. I mean, it was a decent game. It was a one-run game. Um, and it was a nice night. That you know, wasn't a problem with the weather. It was a decent night. I didn't want to. I almost didn't want to be there. I was there because of my friends. That's why I was there. And, and we're, we're probably we're thinking about taking our grandson, who will be four years old this year with me, my son and, and his other grandpa to, to a baseball game. And I, I almost said this, my son, why don't we go to a minor league game? Mm-hmm. The kid ain't going to know the difference. He ain't going to do you, do I think my grandson's going to sit there for three hours? Really? He might not sit there for 20 minutes. Well, and actually I'll break, I'll give credit to my friend, Jeff Nolan, uh, who I worked for at WMPV for a long time. And hopefully we'll be working again this fall, uh, covering high school football, but we talked about this and we've, he almost believes that part of it is, and he goes to the Flyers on this one too, that you distract kids with everything else, that people, that the game is so secondary and that it, people don't watch games anymore. Now, part of the problem for the Phillies is the fact that they're unwatchable because of the poor fundamentals and all that. But there's so many other things of, you know, a wiffle ball stadium in the ballpark for a kid or, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, obviously the fanatic and, you know, all the, the, the loud stadium noises and all that stuff that it drives older people crazy. And he, he thinks it doesn't sell the game to younger people. That's- I don't think I, I think it comes down. It's, I think it's simple. First of all, people are coming out of a pandemic. A lot of them don't have money. They just don't. They they don't have right. maybe they have enough to sit in the in the upper level for I don't even know what those seats go for twenty you know, fifteen twenty is that what they okay so twenty bucks you take a family of four and now you got to park uh, twenty then, then you got to eat it's a two hundred dollar night at least mm-hmm. maybe more people just don't have that kind of money I don't think uh, at least not enough of them second is the team is under five hundred right and they haven't made the playoffs in ten years. It, it, it's not like they were good three years ago. I mean, last year they should have been in the playoffs, but you know, it was a watered-down playoffs, whatever. I think it's more that. I, I don't, you know, I would never think, if I'm going to a game, I'm going because I want to see the Phillies. If they're playing a good opponent, that's great. Uh, I'm sure next week with the Yankees, people will be a little more excited about that. I, I yeah, one of the problems, that, Mike, one of the problems they're going to have the rest of the summer, though, they draw better on weekends, obviously. Their weekend slate's not great. You get the Padres in here over the Fourth of July, and a lot of people are away on Fourth of July weekend anyway. You know, you know, you already had the Red Sox in here. You're going to have the Yankees in here this weekend. A couple of your National League teams that would draw the Dodgers and the Cubs are midweek. The Cubs are in September. Kevin, I think you're reading what, what it, it's, well, you're only asking in a in a in a, an area that has a population of what. Five million, what, what two and a half to three. Two and a half to three. 
Okay, you're only asking for 30,000 people to show up at a game. Yeah. And you're not asking for, I'm not expecting them to sell out every game like they used to. 30,000 people. That's not a lot. It's just, I just think people are so down on the fact that they haven't been good in a long time. I think they thought when they got Girardi it was going, and it could change. I don't know what it's going to be two months from now. I know what it is now. And I think that's what it's going to take in this town. Yeah. If the Sixers stunk, if the Sixers were the fifth seed, people won't be as excited about the Sixers. No. But they're the one seed. They're the, they, they have an MVP type player on but their team. There's only if one. Doc Rivers coaching them. There's only one team in this town that's immune to that syndrome. Well, that's in every. The NFL is immune to everything. Everything. Yeah. And that's what the NFL has become. It's the monster. I, I know there's some towns where maybe the NFL isn't, but even in this town, even 40 years ago when the NFL wasn't the monster it was, the Eagles were always the team. I mean, I remember in the late, look, the Phillies, baseball used to be the national pastime. When I was growing up, baseball was the sport. Mm-hmm. And that was the one you talked about all year. Well, that's different now. Football's the one you talk about all year because they've orchestrated it with the OTAs and the draft and the this and the that and the free agents and and that's just the way it is. There's nothing anybody can do about it. But the Phillies, as they showed from 2007 to 12 or whatever it was, they they could draw people to that, that park. They did all the time. The Flyers, if the Flyers were good, if the Flyers had a three- or four-year run where they were making runs at the Stanley Cup, you wouldn't be able to get a Flyers ticket. No. No, you're they right. Go back in there, and they're more expensive than, than anything else. They've over... I, I, for me to pay $90 to go to a Phillies-Red Sox game, again, and I and I, I would ne- never, but why? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I mean, if they told me it was like 50 or 60, I'd say, oh, okay. I, I get it. It's the Red Sox. You know, we're going to price these tickets differently. But that that's just too much. And I'm only one guy. If, if, if I was taking my family down there, I mean – and I think we underestimate what this last year or so has done to some families. I could be overstating that because I'm not sure maybe the families that hit the hardest from the pandemic are the ones that go to the stadium, but some of them are. They have to be. And uh, it's just, I mean, I'm looking at this thing tonight. I mean, there's lots and lots of blue seats. Yeah. Good seats. I'm assuming they're probably pretty but, I mean, they just showed a shot. You're probably watching with me, Kevin. Uh, I actually don't. I, I don't have it on downstairs. Okay. I mean, it looks like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It look, It doesn't look like a Marlins game, but <laughs> it's, you know, maybe a Tampa game. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's uh, if they if they win, it tends to solve itself. Right. I think. But right now they're not doing that. So. So that's where we are. That's where we are. You got to talk about Noah. I mean, I'm, I, you can't not no. talk about Noah because I know that's, you know, you were wrong in April what you said, but you're not wrong now. I, I'll you're, let I'll you, let you, ta- I'll you, you talk about it. it. I've been told, uh, Silski came on here last week and told me how wrong I or how No, no, no. You were wrong in April because he was still, he had done nothing to not deserve. I don't care about his September's. You, you get all hung up on the September thing. That's fine. And August. He's got to pitch better in September if they're going to be whatever they want to be. Right? And August. But he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball otherwise. And in April, he was he got off to a great start. 
And since then, he stinks. And Wheeler has been great. There's, there, you know, I mean, Ruben Amaro was on, um, you know, Angelo today and was basically saying the same thing. He said, right now, there's, it's, there's no question who the better pitcher is, and, and it's not even close, to be honest with you. So, yeah, Nola, and that's, that's a problem because he just doesn't look the same. And I don't know why. I, I don't know why he doesn't look the same. I look, they, the issues be, with this team do go beyond Aaron Nola. Oh, I'm not pinning this all oh, on no, Aaron Nola. No, no. I'm just saying is if he's. And so I'm, and this is where I'm going to point out my bigger fear. At, look, and I, I have fears about Aaron Nola. And I've expressed them plenty, and I think people think I pick on Aaron Nola, and so I'm no, not. Gonna... I never thought you picked on him. I just thought you were overstating. Right. Bit. That's okay. I will tell you right now, Spencer Howard is a big worry for me. That you this think? that this guy is your top prospect, and you can get three innings out of him a game. Kevin, they were right. Somebody, either Lauber or Matt, wrote a story the other day about now they have this other pitching prospect. Abel is his name. Make Abel, yeah. Right, and, and now. And they're already touting him. Well, he's got to be. You can't. It's like they've jumped over Spencer Howard. Now, I don't understand. I don't understand. He had the surgery last year, right? Is that did, did he have a surgery? He's, a, he's his... had injury issues the last three years. Okay, but what if his fast? And I the, the game I was at with the Red Sox. That's the game he pitched, and in the third inning, it just he just lost it. He couldn't find the plate. He could from running the first. first. How can you go out in the first and second inning and throw in ninety four, ninety five, whatever he's throwing? And by the third inning, you're down to ninety. I, I don't. There, there's there's a there's a problem there that maybe maybe isn't fixable. I I I you know there, I mean I know they're trying to monitor his innings this year, but and now I guess Suarez is going to be his designated come in the fourth inning guy whenever he pitches. I, I don't. You can't play like that. You, you can't. Oh no, you, no, of course you not. Because you're like going to hurt Ranger Suarez. I mean, as well as. It does nobody any good to do it like this. It really doesn't. And so, but what's the solution? Like, what would you do? Honestly, my yeah. solution would be: well, one, you better be trading for a pitcher at the deadline, whether that's a f- number four, number five, and just right. send Spencer Howard out down the to the Lehigh Valley and either stretch him out to be a, 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 a starter that you can count on next year. Or to be bluntly honest, get him in the bullpen and try to harness those two or three innings. Yeah, I got. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, because I'm, you can't live like this. You can't. My fear, my fear is that the four or five starter they go out and get will stink. Because that. I, well, the, what is much, the guy that they have? <laughs> but I see, I've seen no. But what I was saying, Kevin, I've seen too much of that in the last couple of years. They'll go out in the off season. They'll get these guys. Like they bought the two guys in this year, Anderson and the other guy who was pitching in Japan. More. And, you know, oh, well, you know, these guys, you know, we really have high hopes for them. And they stink. They stink because they're trying to go out and get guys on the cheap because they don't want to go over their luxury tab, whatever. And it's hard to find four or five starters that are qualified that, you you know, the, if you find them somewhere. Because if there's a guy at the trade deadline that's a good four starter, the Phillies aren't going to be the only team bidding for him. The other teams, the Braves might be bidding for him. Uh, you, you know, the Mets might be bidding for him. It, it's just I'm sick of these four and five guys that they bring in. And now Vinny, it looked for a while there like Vinny had kind of turned the corner, and now he's a little bit back to being Vinny, but he's he's the best you got. So I guess it, it just – there's so many things with it, but the thing that bothers me the most with this team, honest to God, Kevin, is the defense. 
it bothers the crap out of me because you can be as a hitter, you can be in a slump as a pitcher. Made you gotta play. It's like they say in football, right? You can bring your defense every week. We can play defense. How is this team this bad defensively? Please explain it to me, because you've covered many more Phillies games than I have. They're this bad because they got players who are not playing in their in positions, um, or they the don't, or they, like, or they don't have positions for them. They don't have the a position. Like throws the ball into center field on a double play ball. How is that pot? But you knew it was going to happen because it's the Phillies. Sure. How? I mean, why? Where? Because this is what they are. So where and it's it's a it's a it's a. Where should Reese Hoskins be playing? What position? Designate a hitter. Well, that unfortunately they don't have that yet. Bingo. Well, what was his position? Left field. For, well, when he was in when he was in the minors, they played him at first, then they moved him to left. Now they put him back at first, but his footwork sucks, and this all leads to development. You well, know, you're too hold on, but, a, but in a perfect world, first, where would Bone play first? Okay, so you got two guys at your corner out of position. Your, your your second baseman is a guy who was a shortstop, and and you're and you're rotating him around. You may think that's not a big deal, but right. I mean, you got a shortstop who has no arm at this point in DD. Yeah, you have no you have a center fielder who's a converted infielder in, in Herrera. You got a oh, you, I, you I got a you got a left fielder who's thirty five years old who yeah. God bless him tries but he he doesn't have much mobility anymore. To be honest, their best center fielder is playing right field, and I don't even know how great he is anymore defensively. What, you you think that Bryce should be the center fielder? Uh, no, I don't. Their if you told me who their best center fielder is, probably defensively, I would say Bryce Harper, okay. and I don't know if Bryce Harper, because of his injuries, because of everything right. else, can play center field at this point anymore. It's and a gaping I, hole. Here's what's a little depressing to me too, and I knew this was going to happen the minute they signed Bryce Harper. I, I, I knew this was going to. You're happen. looking at the Perfect. years, and you're already seeing injuries. No, I'm just looking at the fact that that, that, that Washington never got past the, the first round of the playoffs, and is that his fault? No. But what I'm saying is. You have, in Bryce Harper, I think most people would say he's one of, what, the top 20 players in baseball? Yep. 25? Okay. You have the best catcher in baseball. Okay? Nobody disputes that fact. You're a top-heavy roster. But that, yeah, and, and Wheeler's... You're a top-heavy roster. Wheeler's, Wheeler's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he's not the ground, but, he, but he's... He's probably third or fourth league. in the National League Cy Young voting right now. I mean, yeah. but so, and, and yet they're still... Like three games. I know they've had injuries, but every team in the league has had injuries. Every team in their divisions had injuries. So I'm not going to buy that. People who uh, people who listen to this podcast have heard me use this analogy before, but I'm going to say it again. They are the Anaheim Angels. They have a uh, lot of. Please don't go there. Don't go there. They have a lot of great name talent, but they're just the at best of 500 team. <laughs> That's all. I, it's, I mean, they, 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 anytime. Look at the Angels. The, look at the Angels. You have Otani. Look at what the Angels started the year with. Okay, granted, oh, Albert Pujols is not what Albert Pujols used to be, but he's still a friggin' Hall of Famer. You got the best player of his generation in Trout. You got Otani. You got Anthony Rendon, who was the MVP of the World Series two years ago, and that team won't win shit. No. Because the Angels just are top Angels. heavy. Well, yeah, but I mean, look, they shouldn't have signed Paul Hulse. And I'm not saying the Phillies shouldn't have signed Bryce. I don't mean that. 
They signed Bryce Harper. They actually probably got a good deal for him when you actually figure it out what he's making. But I just don't think – I'm not sure that Bryce Harper is that guy who's just going to put you up on his back. He will do that for – there's periods where he does that. He'll have a great – and I don't mean he's a bad player. I don't mean that whatsoever. But I don't know if he's one of those guys. I just don't know. Uh, It's possible. I don't know how how many of those guys there are in baseball. I, I really don't. Because um, if you ask me to name like ten of them, you know, there's probably a four or five of them I'd come up short on. Obviously, Trout is great. Otani, you know, is is, but they don't win like you just said. And the Giants are winning, and they got nobody probably I recognize in their lineup. Well, they had Longoria, but he's gone now. He's thirty some years old. I mean, he's not. Bryce Harper is in the prime of his. All right, career. Brandon Crawford, you would recognize Crawford. I remember him. Yeah, but I'm saying I, I wouldn't recognize a lot of their guys probably. But he's in the prime of his career. And I know it's only his third year here. I get it. And he's probably got another five, six, seven pretty good years here before he starts tailing off. And, you know, as he gets to about 34 to 35, maybe he doesn't, maybe. But I'm just saying, it just frustrates me. You went out and signed Riamulto when none of us thought they were going to be able to do that. We thought the Mets were going to go get him. And we got him. And he's your and best player. Very good. And he's your best player. He is. He's your best player. He's better than Harper. How many times do you have the best player at their position in baseball? And you do. You have the best player at his position in baseball. And back in the, when the Phillies were good in, in the 07, 08, 09, I mean, you could have maybe made the argument Ryan Howard was the best first baseman. Chase Utley maybe the best second. I, I'd have to go back and look at who all was playing at that time. Yeah, I would say shortstop, as much as I think Jimmy is a Hall of Famer, Jimmy was not the best shortstop in baseball at that time. But he was had, close, right? Yeah, you had A-Rod. Yeah, well, you had Jeter and okay. a couple other okay. guys in there. But if you're second to Jeter or something, or third yeah. to Jeter and somebody else, that's If you want to throw hard. A-Rod in there, because A-Rod was there for the early portion, that's fine, too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just, it's just, and I don't know, like, I don't know if the Phillies when they sit in their little rooms and try to figure Dombrowski's trying to figure if they if they are if they're as confused as we are like about what to do i, I don't know cuz obviously they have to do something they they have to be something at the all-star break because the division is going to keep them in this they're not going to be like 10 games out at the all-star break i don't think they're going to be somewhere in there so you know do we get a four starter do we get this? I don't think they're going to mess with their starting eight. I really don't. I, I I think the starting eight is the starting eight. I don't think they're going to go out and get another center fielder. Um, I don't think they're going to get somebody to play from McCutcheon. I think that's. I think they're going to address the pitching. Maybe pick up a reliever. Maybe pick up that four starter that you were talking about or a fifth starter. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know what you can do lineup wise. That will make it. Uh, I mean, you had mentioned a couple center fielders before, but I think one of those guys got picked up, right, by somebody. Um, you had been talking about a couple players that were out there that they might go after. Well, the, there was the uh, Randall Gritchick was the one guy I liked, but right. Um, you know, obviously George, but George Springer is him up, right? Well, no, George Springer hasn't come back yet. I mean, he oh, no, came well, back. There was another and, guy, though. There was another guy that you had said, and I think another team, the Mets or somebody the. Went out and got him. Yeah, I, I mean, I look, Mike, the Mike, they're at a point right now. It's strange. You're like, well, you got to make some move. Uh, you're, but they're four out, and I don't see it getting better. I mean, 
uh, you know, let's be honest. When we're talking this time next week, they're going to be in L.A., and then they're going to San Francisco. But I think the division, Kevin, will at least keep them – I don't see anybody. Uh, I disagree because I think well, the Mets. I think the Mets are starting to get their healthy. Play. Yeah. I mean, they got Alonzo back. They've got the ground back. We say that and, about the Mets all the time. Well, the Mets are four up on them right now. I know, but then things happen. You know, they, 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 you know the ground will pull it, pull something or or something. I mean, I just don't think the Mets are great. I if, think they're good. I think the Braves are the best team, obviously, but they're they've had their issues. I, I think you could. I think you could eliminate two teams. I think you could eliminate. Well, honestly, I told you. I told you the Nats weren't the Nats. Were I think you could eliminate order. the Nationals. Well, I yeah. And, and if you're if you're putting if you well yeah if you're putting if you're putting me on true serum, I would say I don't think the Phillies. I would take the. I, I think Miami is a better shot than the Phillies. Well, you might be right. I'm not saying you're you're not, but I, I just in my heart of hearts. I still think they're going to be around 500, whether that means they're right. a couple of games under. And I think, I think somehow, some way, I could be totally wrong, that they're going to be close enough on July 30th to have hope. Now it might be unfounded hope, might not be could real be. hope. You know, maybe there's maybe there's seven back in the Mets or the Braves, and you sit there and you go, Mike, they're not catching them, and I can sit there and say, Kevin, you're right. But they might sit there as an organization because, let's face it, you're talking about 15,000 people showing up for games. What if they don't do anything at the trade deadline or and other teams in their division are making moves and then they're portrayed as kind of having thrown in the towel? How many people do you think are going to be showing up at the stadium then or the park? I just don't – I don't know if it matters. Maybe it doesn't. I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I think – I don't know. You might be Kevin. I, I, you know, I, I almost hate saying it, but I think that people have already tuned out. So I whether they make a move or not doesn't matter to me or to them. Yeah, yeah, you could. I you, mean, I, I I just think that people people have rendered their judgment on this group. Whether yeah. you know, remember from where they've come from in, in nineteen, when you signed Harper and the place was crazy and the city was crazy and you drew almost 3 million and all that. And you're right. The pandemic diminished it, but they also saw a team that had a lot of holes and a lot of, a lot of areas that weren't going to get filled by the minor leagues. And people are smart here in that sense. They know that when it's not realistic. And I think they know that. I I think last year soured them a little too, because they should have made the playoffs. Look, it was an expanded playoffs. They won the one. They finished six six games under 500. I'm let's, but that last week and a half where they really spit the bit, that wasn't good. It wasn't a good. No, guy. it wasn't good. Shortened year and all that. But let's say for sake of argument, Kevin, they have a two weeks where they go 10 and four. I'll just throw a 10 and four out there. I, I don't know if they can do that, but let, let's just say they do. I think some fans, I'm not saying everybody, but some fans, was, and, and at some point the Sixers are going to be over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they end with a parade for all the hell I know. The Eagles are still not quite starting yet. They will have like that little kind of about three weeks. If the Sixers get to the finals, I have about a three week window before between yeah. the end of the NBA finals and the start right. of training camp. But I don't think many people have high hopes for the Eagles. No, but the it Eagles doesn't matter. Will, I know that the stories will be coming out. You know, hey, Jalen Hurts looked good today. Like, like I care what Jalen Hurts looks like in mini. Yeah, they had. ESPN did something. Jordan Love. 
Yeah. It, really? Like, I care about what Jordan Love's doing on June the 8th. Please. But you're right. The, Philly, the Phillies are in a bad spot. They are. And, and But the, the only thing that can save them or give them is to go on one of those Ten and four kind of thing, and I don't Where, think I don't think I don't, it's, I don't think it's in their DNA. I just don't. It might not. Well, I, I look. They have. I think they're third. They're one game under five hundred. I think in the games that Noah started. I think Eflin is kind of the same way. Yeah, they're about five hundred total with all three of their big guys. Yeah, you can't be that. No, their big three guys are pitching. They got to be winning like at about a sixty-six percent clip to make up for their other two. Yes. Yes. They, 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 Kevin, they've already blown. They've lost six games that they were leading after going into the eighth inning. That's we're only in June. I mean, we're not even halfway through the season. All right, up until the All Star break, but and this will be the last thing on this topic. Up until the All Star break, okay, you got Atlanta this week, then you get the Met or the Yankees at home, right? Road trip to the Dodgers and Giants. Yeah, get Washington back at home for two. Then you play four at City Field against the Mets. You have a makeup in Cincinnati, which is like one of them goofy, you fly just to Cincinnati for day makeups. Right. Then three against Miami, three against San Diego at home, and then you have a seven-game road trip going into the All-Star break at Chicago against the Cubs, three at Boston at Fenway to wrap it. That's a you tough you, you do not, stretch. You do not paint a pretty picture. That is a tough stretch. If you are still alive when you get to the All-Star break, maybe you have a puncher's chance. But but don't doesn't Atlanta and the Mets have to play like similar type schedule? They all play the same schedule, right? Uh, yeah and no. Uh, obviously, the Mets will have more, I think, interleague against the Yankees. Um, let me look at the Mets schedule here. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, though, but everybody, the Braves must have some kind of schedule similar to that, right? Except they play the Phillies instead of the Phillies playing the Braves. Right. right. I'm, I'm looking. Mets get seven. Uh, their next seven. They're in Baltimore today. They get the next seven against at home against the Padres and Cubs. Go to Washington for four. Then they get Atlanta and the Phillies for four games each. Then a single game in Washington, three in Atlanta, Three against the Yankees over the Fourth of July, and then seven more at home. So they have a home heavy schedule yeah. uh, between here that, and there. That probably means later in the year they don't have a. They home don't have a home heavy schedule. You're right. Uh, Braves, Braves are Phillies. Miami. They go to Miami after this. They get Boston and St. Louis at home. Then they go to the Mets. Then they go to the Reds. Get the Mets at home. The Marlins at home. Go to Pittsburgh after the Fourth of July, and then go to Miami before the All Star break. I will say this: if the West Philly, Coast trip is the one denominator that isn't yeah. carrying between all three yeah. of those teams, if if the you know the Phillies number obviously was eighty one, and we debated whether yeah, I thought I would take the over because I just yeah whatever you lean towards the under. If the Phillies don't finish over five hundred this year, let's just say for sake of argument. Well, there's going to be. I mean, there's going to be changes. But if they don't make the playoffs, but win like 84 games, they'll see that as a step forward. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But let's say they they don't they go 80 and 82, 81 and 81, whatever you want to throw out there. I mean, don't they have to during the off season take a serious look at where they're at and where they're going and what they're doing? And what you hope if you're if you're John Middleton, what you hope is, I hired Dave Dombrowski. 
he's uh, he's going to have a full off season as opposed to coming right. in midway. It's not a pandemic. Yeah. We know what our spending limits are going forward. We're going to have yeah. some money coming off the books with McCutcheon. Right. I mean, but the one issue that's going to hang over this is obviously the collective bargaining agreement. So, it, oh, it, God, yeah, why? Well, I mean, maybe, they're, 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 maybe they won't maybe they won't play next year and we won't have to worry about this. <laughs> Just saying, and you won't have to worry about. It. Now, is is the center field? Is this it for Herrera? Is he? They have a buyout on Herrera at the end of the year. Okay. How about Segura? No, they still have him for another year or two. Okay. So, but I think you got to trade him, you, or, yeah. or 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 find a way to to. The, get the Braves him. are playing Philly baseball tonight. I just, oh. I'll just tell you that they're they're playing like stupid baseball. Um. So okay, so so your third base. Uh, how about Hoskins? Is is he like a a Hoskins is in arbitration. What's it, arbitration? Arbitration. Okay. Uh, and Gregorius have for one more year, right? Because you signed him to a two year deal. That that's not looking like a good contract, no. Well, they, so I mean, they got they they got some things in the offseason. and then again, if Nola doesn't, you know, if. if I mean, I don't think you, you have Nola for two more years, which makes this in, when if you're going to consider maybe moving him, you're not going to move. What are you going to get for him, Kevin? Well, no, I'm just. What are you going to get? You ha- see, whenever we talk about trading somebody, whether it's Ben Simmons, just tell me who I'm getting. You know, we can trade Charles Barkley and get back three stiffs, or Jeff Hornacek and two stiffs. You can trade Wilt Chamberlain and get back Archie Moore and two stiffs. We can trade Kurt Schilling. We've seen this over and over and over again. Just tell me what we're getting back. Well, and I think the, that's part. The trade of, I think that's part of the problem the Phillies have is that any trade that they're going to have to, they have multiple holes to fill. So it's easy to consider taking one of your marquee guys who has a low salary who would be appealing to a lot of teams, and consider moving him for multiple prospects with the idea. Does Noah have, does Noah have a a a, a good contract? Is it a bad contract? Is it about a- ten million? Well, that's okay. But for a guy who up until the last month, okay. No, I, 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 it's a good contract. But what it, but what it does is, if oh. you start getting prospects, are you starting? Are you telling your fan base because this is not a team that's starting over? I'm guessing. I would. I would say what they will. What they will hang their hat on is trust Dave Dombrowski on this. Uh, I'm okay with that, but. That's Dave what Dombrowski, if they did something Dave, like that, it would be a you have to trust that Dave Dombrowski knows what he's doing. Look at his Dave track. Dave Dombrowski record. is not a we're going to win in three years guy. He's not that. I I he's, get he's it. A, I'm going to win next year guy, or I'm going to win this year guy, and that's what they wanted. They didn't want they you know they gone through this five years of Clentac and on and on and on. And this team was not built not to make the playoffs this year. It was it was not. It was, they went out. They gave Wheeler really good money. For a guy who had some, had some arm trouble, and right now it looks... I will tell you, I, I ran into somebody down there this weekend, and I asked him who would draw the biggest return, and he didn't bat an eyelash and went, Noah, without a doubt. Okay, well then, but then again, let's just remember... And I went, would you do it? He goes, yes, I would. Okay, but again, if you trade Noah and you're mm-hmm. already, your, thir- your fourth and fifth pitcher stink, yeah. Okay, now you're down another pitcher. Whatever we think of Noah or what he's done, he's Mike, I, I don't disagree. Than... I don't disagree. And then the Howard situation makes a lot more complicated because you you don't have him. You can't count on him. No, if he gives you anything, even next year, 
it's a bonus. Right. That's and, and, and that's and that's what makes it more complicated because of the fact that if you thought you had him coming up and you could count on him to be your number two or number three, it's right. easier to part ways with an Aaron Nola with the idea that you could fill other gaps by using him as trade I, like, I actually, your idea about trying to make him a relief pitcher wasn't, but see, I always thought Vinny Velasquez could be a relief pitcher and people. That Vinny, Vinny doesn't have the mindset. Right, but if Howard can only throw two innings, you know, why not? I don't know. Uh, maybe he's not. Maybe his mindset isn't being a relief pitcher. It is well, the, the, the last thing, the last thing I'll bring up before we move on on this, okay? Remember how many years the Phillies tried to square peg Ryan Matson as a yeah yeah as a starter, right? And when they right. moved him into a reliever, he had a damn good career. Yeah, well, just what, something. Did they keep get in mind. With another guy too. What was the guy that beat? Was a wife hit his wife? Albert Myers. Wasn't he? Didn't they make him? Well, a not, uh, by the way, this is where I put the legalities in. He was accused, but there were whatever, no charges. Whatever. I, know. I don't care. Whatever. He I just have to put the legalities in, Mike, so we don't get sued. I'm not going to get sued. I can say he hit his wife. If he wants to argue that he didn't, nobody seemed to, to argue that, he, okay, alleged, whatever. Right. Um, but they made him a relief pitcher, then, and he wasn't. he was decent, right? Yeah, but they also had a problem finding enough starting pitchers, so that's why they moved him back to the to the right. relief, uh, yeah, to I the starting it. role in 08. Yeah, hey, look, it, it, it's it, again, for a team that was supposed to maybe contend, and again, we're in Philadelphia, so maybe we're looking at it different than other people. The number was only 81, so obviously everybody didn't think that, but in their minds, um, and it was a tough, div- or people thought it was going to be a tough division, but I think in the Phillies' minds, and the season is still, there's still a long way to go. But I think in their minds, they thought, we've got a team that can contend. You know what, though? We all say there's a long way to go. You're halfway down the racetrack. Oh, no, no. You're right, Kevin. But there, but the fact that you're only, like like you said, four games behind the yeah. Mets with, with 90 to go, yeah, that's a long way to go. It's yeah. not like they're four games back with 30 to go. Yeah, but you can look up in two weeks and it could... Easily be a whole different right, situation. But it could easily be the be the other way too. So mm-hmm. if it gets to eight games by two weeks from now, well, then I'll sit here and say, you know, it's eight, it, now it's it's getting late. Um. All right. So before we wrap this oh, up, I, I wanted to get something in here. Yeah. Uh, about the state of the newspaper in this town, and I don't know if that's where you were going, but that's where I was, I was I just going to wish be- well wishes to Martin Arducci. No, it's, it's not just well wish. Yes, for people that aren't aware, they're having more buyouts at the Inquirer, which used to be the Daily News and the Inquirer, but now it's the Inquirer. And there's going to be a lot of people that you've read for many years who aren't going to be there anymore because that's the way the newspaper industry is dealing with its issues about trying to cut payroll and, and on and on. So Mark Narducci is taking a buyout, Les Bowen is taking a buyout. Well, we should point out some of these have not been announced. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Narducci, Barkowitz, Fitzpatrick have all announced. Yeah. And I know another person that's, well, I'll I'll just say this. By the time this is over, it's going to be like five or six people. that are going to take buyouts and there's going to be other people who may not be doing what they're doing now. And it just saddens me. And I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming when I left three and a half years ago, because I probably would have been one of the victims in this particular. I don't know if I would have, but I'm guessing I might have. It's sad. And that's the way it is. I get it. That's life. 
you know, we all, when we get older and we move on, but it just is, and I'm not saying the people that get hired to replace them won't do a good job or, or I won't enjoy maybe reading them or what, but it, it just, this notion that you can just keep taking away, taking away, taking away, taking away, and then expect subscriptions to go up. And I root for the paper. I don't root against the paper, even though most of the people I knew aren't really there anymore. But it's just sad. It's it's sad um, to see this happening. And it happened at your paper. It happens at every paper. It's The, the, the Inquirer is no different. But I, I just wonder, like, you, you know, what it's going to be like in a year. Because I just and, – and for all I know, there could be more layoffs in late in the year or early next year. Because that's what they do. And then the people at the top of the paper – keep patting themselves on the back and giving themselves raises about what a great job they're doing. It's, it's amazing. And I, I can say that without getting sued, Kevin. Yeah. I, I, you gotta understand Mr. Myers and I still talk. So that's why I was. Oh no, 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 you no, Kevin. I was joking with you. You are absolutely right. I don't know. You you are, you are absolutely 110% right. And, and, and yes, I, I, and, and I, and, and for all I, you know, yeah, I mean, I live I live that weekend, so that's why I. But I also know there's legal limits. As far as the other thing, um, and look, we got to know, you know, look, I got to meet Frank a couple times. Frank was was always very kind to me, and Frank was ready. Frank's like seventy one years old, right? Frank told me three years ago. Frank wanted to be on this podcast so he could talk about Lip Pike and. that's been we a should running have, We should have Frank on. We, uh, we, it's a summer. You know, we can we can fill. Um, He's a very sure. Interesting person. Um, but the the two that we obviously are closest to are are, are Nardo. Um, well, I got one more for you, but I don't. You know, I actually, you want to if you want to say, go ahead. But I mean, well, it hasn't been announced yet. I don't think, but I believe Joe Giuliano is 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 going to be leaving, but they're allowing him. Joe's like 70. And, but you know, Joe's a lifer. Joe's been doing this for, he was a UPI guy in 1980. Um, so he's been doing this for a long time. They're going to allow him. I've heard to stay till the end of the year instead of leaving like September the 1st. Right. So he's going to get to cover Penn state for one final season, which is what he wanted to do. Um, so, good for Joe. And, and, Joe's, and, Joe's one of the, and we'll have they're Joe. All good, they're all good guys. And they're we'll have yeah. Guys. And we'll have Joe on before it. I mean, Mark. Mark is unique because Mark was so in, ingrained in South Jersey high schools. Yeah. And then came over and did the Sixers, and he did Temple, and, and pretty much he would, he was he was the master of, you know, we talk about copy volume, a lot of times. He was the master of copy volume. Of, yeah. Well, Mark was anal. Yeah. But in a good in a good way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he was Mister. You know, write a Temple story, then I'll write a Sixer sidebar, then an Eagle sidebar, yeah, and whatever. In 2013, we were in Kansas City for the LaSalle when they made the Sweet 16. There's me, Bob Ford, Rich Hoffman, and Mark. And Joe was actually out there, but then Villanova lost. They told him to go home. So uh, Bob Ford's mission all the whole time we were there was to try to get Nardo to go to dinner with us because. Mark, after the game, would go back and do these videos that, like, God bless him, like, 10 people would probably – it took him hours to do, and Mark was great at it, and he – whatever. He would have so, fit in well at Calkins with that, but go ahead. 
I don't care. F- finally, we convinced him. We're, we're going to meet at this really nice little restaurant. Right? And, of course, Mark was like an hour late. But, you know, he finally gets there because we – and he goes – he sits down and he goes, this is so great of you guys. He goes, do you guys do this all the time? I'm like, Mark, we do it every night. <laughs> and, but it, it, he was just so glad to be out right. with us and enjoying a meal. And we're like, Mark, you, you got to like – you know, I, I, and, and, and I've heard like people – like Mark and Joe, and I'm not breaking any confidence by doing this, but they, they would say things like, well, you know, I owe the inquiry. I, I, I owe it because they gave me, I said, hey, guys, they owe you. You bust your tail for them. And, you know, you get paid for it. I get it. You know, we're not millionaires, but we, we do get compensated for it. But those guys, like like Joe and Mark, were like the backbone. They, they were like the guys who would do it. And, and Eddie Barkowitz, can you imagine... And, and I know Eddie, I think, is going to do some freelance stuff for him. So I, I don't know what exactly that entails. But the stuff that Eddie does on the gambling and on, and on you know, 10 things you want to know, 15. used to be 50 at the Daily News. It's, it's gotten pared down. How do you replace that? I, I just don't know how you replace that. And obviously, young kids getting into the business have to start somewhere. We all did. You did. I did. You know, we, we all you know, cut our teeth at some point, but I, I can't think of the, of the, and I'll still say the daily news you know, without Eddie. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I, I, but then again, maybe some people, some guy, when I was leaving, uh, God bless him. Uh, one of my colleagues, my last day, my next to last day, he got me, he said, Mike, he goes, of all the people I've ever known that worked at the daily news, you were the most daily news person. And I looked at him. I said, I started crying. I said, that's the nicest thing anybody ever said to me. And, you know, I couldn't imagine when Ted left. You know, what's it going to be when Girardi left? And all the Bob Ford, you know, on it. And then, look, they still have Mike Sielski. They still have Marcus. They still have Sam Carcini. They have good people. There's just fewer of them. And Well, I mean, there are me. good people. We just, does the, the, the institutional memory has taken a hit. And that's where... Yeah. But that's across the business. I mean, you know, it's across the business, it's it's. I mean, you know, I I, I we all knew that we all knew this day was coming. I knew it three and a half years ago when I left. I don't I don't think I'm speaking out of turn on my situation. Where, Mike, you know this last last January, I had people from my former paper approach me because they had a high school opening about coming back, and I was told to send in my resume i did and everything and i never heard back from them and they hired somebody out of college who was you know cheaper um and who was more digital friendly in a sense of doing videos and all that yep i mean and look i mean i'm happy with where i'm going with teaching and all that it's more stability obviously going forward um and i enjoy what i do freelance wise and all that Uh, but you know, I also acknowledge that people have moved on from from what I used to do, in a sense of people don't. I don't take it personally. I just realized that that that's what the business is. Nothing lasts forever. I did what I did for thirty eight years in various forms. I got to cover John Cheney. I got to cover Jay Wright. I got to cover Tiger Woods. I got to cover on and on. Nate, Nate, I could name a hundred people. That, that I got to cover that, that and I, like I said, I, I may have told the story before. I have a friend of mine. He's a lawyer. He's very successful. He's got a house down the shore. Mm-hmm. And one time we were just kind of talking and he goes, you know, he goes, I envy you. 
I'm like, huh? Like, you know, you got the house down the shore. He goes, Mike, he goes, you get to go to Masters. You get to go to like a Phillies locker room. You get to get whatever. He was, and I said, well, I never thought about it like that. And there's people that look at me and they say, you covered 25 straight Masters? I'm like, yeah. They said, do you know how many people have done that? I said, well, yeah, well, it, it's just part of my job. It's what I did. You know, I went, but um, yeah, it's, it's you know, and, and nothing's going to last forever. I, you know, if I hadn't left three and a half years ago, maybe I'd be leaving now. Maybe, uh, who knows? Um, oh, I forgot to mention one of the guys is still going to be there is Mike Jensen, who does a great job mm-hmm. uh, with colleges. And, and Mike is, is still there, and he's going to be like the college guru, I think. I think the plan is, and again, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but who cares, that they're going to hire some. Well, maybe these people don't want it said. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't, this, this is about the paper. But the, the plan, I believe, is to hire like five kids like just out of college to cover the five Philly schools. And I don't know if, what that means for Drexel. Maybe it's six. But, you know, so there would be maybe – because obviously Nardo's not going to cover Temple anymore. Joe's not going to cover Villanova. Um, so you have to have somebody doing that stuff. I mean, the Villanova beat's a pretty big beat. Uh, next year, somebody's going to have to cover Penn State, I guess. I, I mean, or maybe they'll decide they're not going to. There may be a point – they don't do the high schools anymore. No. Because when Phil Anastasia stepped down – they decided we're not going to bring somebody in because the high schools don't generate enough clicks. clicks, I suppose. And someday that will happen with the colleges. It'll it'll be basically they'll cover the four pro sports. Yeah. And you know, but they it's let me let me if I had the answer, I guess I'd own the newspaper. Yeah. Let me uh, let me give you um, one final thing before we go. Uh, and I asked you a couple weeks ago. Um, to uh, remember Bill Fox in your thoughts and prayers, I ask that again. Uh, coach, who I've known, who was you know a judge for twenty six years, made the playoffs twenty six to twenty nine years. There has been battling ALS, and um, you know I, I just sometimes want to remind people that you know what he did. Uh, and how important it was, and you know, for all of us who have been connected with the program and with the school, how important a figure he's been in a lot of our lives. Isn't he, Kevin? Like, I'm trying to think of the names. I would. He's one of the winningest coaches in Catholic league history. I believe right? he's second behind Buddy Gardler. And and where does Speedy fit in there? Speedy might be third, but remember, Speedy had such a long time off. Yeah, but he did coach at two. I mean, he did have two stints, though, right? He had the Roman and the... And, and then he and had prep. prep. Um, yeah. But I would also say... I used, to, I used to love those 38-35 Catholic League North games. Yeah, I mean... But, but Bill Bugardler, Mark Heimerdinger... Um, I remember him. Cardinal Doherty, Cardinal, right? uh, Cardinal Doherty, you had Kyle Lowry and Catino Mobley. No, but more importantly, you had Joe Conklin. Yeah, Joe Conklin. That is correct. Um, yeah. You know, all of them... Like, if you put a Catholic League... Wall of Fame up. Those guys are right there. And, sure. Uh, or, Absolutely. Know, yeah, my buddy Frank Skill called it the Catholic League Mount Rushmore. You would have Speedy. Dennis Seddon, who was at yeah. Roman for a long time. Uh, you know, Carl Aragale now at Newman Goretti. Was, was Dennis the one that replaced Speedy? No, there was somebody in between. Okay. For a couple yeah, well, years. I got to know Dennis a little bit. He seemed like a great. Dennis okay, was so great. Cool. This is going to take you back, Kevin. 
when I was, oh God, this, I was probably like 22, 20, 21. And I played, we played, no, maybe like 19, 18. We played in a league down in Bridesburg, a rec league. Yeah. For, uh, and the team that we played for the championship, we beat them one year and they beat us. They beat us the one year and then we beat them the next year. The coach was Dennis said. Yeah. Because I remember Dennis had that, that, problem with his nose right there was like it, it, it was like a, a little sk- a skin graft or whatever yeah, yeah exactly but he and he so he always wore his baseball cap yep but i remember he came over and shook my hand and because and yeah i i wasn't working at the daily news yet i'm guessing and but he was just a, such a nice guy and 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 then he you know obviously he could coach but yeah you're, you're i had forgotten about him you're right though he I mean, was um i mean you know you're you know we're not even getting though like tom inglesby um right right uh yeah, there's been a Paul Romanchuk at, at O'Hara or I'm sorry, at Carroll in recent years. Right. Um you know, there's the Catholic yeah, I still League. think me, I will always think of Speedy as the best. That's just me. Well because he's speedy and and, and I didn't really cover Buddy Gardler. So I, I don't really and I, I but that's to me. Because I know if Speedy had never gotten run out of Roman for but then again he wouldn't but if he had coached for like forty years or whatever, yeah, or mm-hmm. all in I mean, it would have just been nuts. Well, but. and and I will say about Bill Fox, Fox was the perfect. Fox was the perfect coach for his time in a sense of it was a neighborhood league. You weren't yeah. dealing oh, with absolutely. AU. You weren't dealing with all the AU clicks and and super teams and all that wasn't, stuff. Wasn't Whitey Sullivan kind of like that too? The football coach. Well, yeah. I mean, these were well before. Yeah, Whitey has one of the great quotes of all time. Ted will tell you. What's that? that? Uh, they lost to Doherty one year in the in the semifinals, and maybe in the North Final or something. And uh, Whitey's line was, "This game was won 18 years ago in the bedrooms of Omni." That's not bad. That's pretty good. That's uh, not bad. But but, but you, know, you just brought up something though really cool, Kevin. When I was growing up. Especially, and I guess when you were growing up too, both the public and the Catholic were neighborhood leagues. Yeah, and and, and that's been lost. And 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 oh, I mean the old the Catholic League it used to be the Northern Division teams played the Northern Division teams twice, and the Southern Division played the Southern Division twice. Yeah. And it was great because if I'm a judge, I knew I had a game. You may play Dockerty on a Friday night. And you may beat them, but you knew you had to go to the Looney Bin and play yeah. them again on Sunday, uh, on a Sunday later in the year. I remember because Lincoln was never really good in basketball, so it didn't really matter. But in football, I mean, you knew you were playing Frankfurt. Yeah, you knew you were playing Northeast. You knew you were playing Washington, and you you knew the kids because these kids all knew each other. Yeah, you because know, they they played against them in the summer, and, and it was all neighborhoods. Then, if you grew up in Tacony, you were going to Lincoln, right? Now you grow up in Tacony, you might go to who the hell knows? Well, a charter you know, school. You want. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. But the and it was really cool back then. I mean, the neighborhood thing. I used to know. I used to know almost half the players or three on all the teams in the, the public league. I think only had eighteen teams when I was in high school. I'm pretty sure that was the number. And they were and at the like Catholic sixty. Was about the same. Yeah, it was pretty close to Catholic league. Had, uh, Catholic league at sixteen. That's right. Because it was eight and, again, and eight, they were all. You know, if you lived in South Philly, you were going to to Newman. Yeah, that that's what you did. That that's where you were going, and um, unless you went to South Philly, and, and I mean, there uh, there were more than that when you count out the girls' schools in. Um, right, right, right. 
but you also had a, yeah you also had a number of girls schools that and boys school all boys schools and all girls schools that would swap out sure. like so like you would have roman and judge and um north uh, in the all boys category and I guess Newman was all boys for a while, and then you would have Goretti and Little Flower and Huberts Now, what do you and, have? You have maybe eight Catholic schools even left? Eh, it's about 12 or 13. It doesn't seem that way, though, because it seems like everything revolves around LaSalle and... Well, LaSalle, 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 LaSalle and Prep and, and Archbishop Wood, maybe, and... And Newman. Uh, Newman for, for basketball and football. Newman for basketball, right. Yeah. Newman Goretti for basketball. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's different. I mean, the whole world... You know, but hey, look, that's what the world does. The world changes. The world, the world, you know, right. the, the, the world I grew up in wasn't the same as the world my parents grew up in. So when we get together next week, the world will change. Will the Sixers be going for a conclusion against the Hawks or will we be at 2-2 going into game five on a Wednesday night? Well, for the sake of the city, I hope it's not 2-2 because I don't know if the city can take that. Be worse if it was three one Atlanta. Well, it won't be three one Atlanta. It it it, it could be two two. I don't think unless unless Embiid doesn't play, unless all of a sudden you know his knee isn't well enough for him to play. I, I still see. I, I mean, right now I would say six. Yeah. But but it it, it could be five. I, I I just don't see it going seven. What's more I, likely? What's more likely? Atlanta winning the series or the Sixers winning in five? Sixers winning five. Okay, but that's a again, it's a Philadelphia perspective. I understand. I, I don't know what people who are looking at it nationally. Well, Shaq and Shaq and Barkley both were like Atlanta's yeah, the better team because they're because they're trying to do hot takes and yeah. all this kind of crap. And I, I get it. If, if the Sixers go out and win Game Three, and it's fairly convincing, and I don't mean they have to win by twenty, but I'm just saying they clearly kind of show they're the better team. Yeah. It puts so much pressure on the Hawks for Game Four. Yeah, I agree. And and I don't know if the Hawks the Hawks are that team that's probably a year away from being a year away from being really maybe good. Yeah. Because Trey Young is obviously very good. I I don't know how good some of those other pieces are. Right. But they can hit shots. Yeah. Um. What's the over under on Embiid points on Friday? Probably thirty five. God, I might take you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I haven't looked it up, but I would say thirty-five. So it, it might, it may. Yeah, I think it might be just a tad lower. Like it might be like right. thirty-three. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, they don't have anybody. I mean, like you yeah. said, that guy Capella ain't stopping them. Nope. So, <laughs> you know. All right. All right, Mike. We will talk next week. Um, we may do it Tuesday next week. By the way, uh, if you can, just let me know. Yeah, because. Uh, I'm off on Tuesday before we get going on the summer job. So, um, what's your summer job? Teaching. Oh, you're going to teach. Oh, you're going to teach during the summer also. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing some what? extended school year teaching. So. Okay, up at the same place that you're. Nah, teaching. we're going. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going up to Bristol on this one. Oh, Bristol High School. Uh, one of the Bristol Middle Schools. Okay. Uh, okay. and actually, it's I'm dealing with uh. Pr- kindergartners and like first and second graders so all right that'll be lovely yeah because so. i'm sure in the summer that's where they want to be yeah. they're trying to play catch up after what happened this year so yeah if when you go to bristol if you ever eaten at caesar's yes okay well i knew I, ray delicio ray delicio taught me well so 
Yeah, that's that's one of my fave places. Yep. It's really because my dad was in a nursing home up there, and so we went a lot. Yep. And I got to know the the it's either the owner or the manager. I'm not sure which. And he's a really good guy. And every once in a while, he makes brajol and oh, yeah. oh my, oh, <laughs> good stuff. All right, Mike. Okay, babe. Be good. Be good. Uh, our thanks to you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Work on the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine podcast.